Hey friends, it's springtime around the Birch household and we're looking at doing a little project in our backyard. You know, there are some things that I will do myself, but when it comes to a large project that I know I want to be great long-term, I actually find rather than doing it myself, I can save money and in the long-term, it'll be a much better solution if I use an expert. It's not really any different if you're planting a church or launching a new campus. Church planters who focus on building their core team and really partner with the portability experts at Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. The same is true when we're launching a campus. I say this to church planters all the time who are looking at launching a new location. You may have to raise a bit more money up front, but listen, your volunteers will feel more invested and in, they will give more and they will thrive. Listen, there are uh, systems that I bought 15 years ago from Portable Church that are still on the road. It makes so much sense to reach out to them. If you are launching a new campus or planting a new church anytime in the next six to 36 months, I really encourage you to reach out to them today at portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. Again, you will save money in the long term and you will find a much better solution. Your volunteers will thank you for it. If you're launching in the next six to 36 months, reach out to our friends at portablechurch.com forward slash unseminary. They really are the portability experts. They want to partner with you. They're good people. Reach out to them today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. I am so honored that you have decided to tune in. Today, we've got Pete Briscoe with us. Pete is a returning guest, which you know when we have returning guests, it means it's time to lean in because I really want you to hear them again. Pete was the senior pastor at a great church, Brent Bent Tree uh, Bible Fellowship in Dallas for nearly 30 years. He's really an incredible communicator, one of these people that you should be following. He's preached uh, through a media, media ministry called Telling the Truth, which reaches over a million people every week. Uh, currently, Pete is a coach uh, on both self-care and preaching with, with business leaders and church leaders, really on work-life balance, all kinds of great stuff. He's an amazing leader and really wants to get in the corner of leaders and help you. Super honored to have you on the show today, Pete. Welcome back. Rich, it's awesome to be with you, brother. Thank you for the uh, invite. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, Pete, I don't say this to many people, but I said to Pete, anytime you want to come on, you let me know. And so he, uh, he raised his hand. And so I'm super excited to have you back on. What's What's been going on? Kind of update us. Give us a bit of, you know, the thin slice there. What did I miss, uh, you know, about your about your background that we want to make sure people know about? Um, yeah, you pretty much got it. Uh, I, uh, I have a new web page. It's PeteBrisco.org uh, instead nice. of the telling the truth, instead of the telling the truth media piece. So that's where my that's where my media content is now. Okay, um, great. But yeah, I think the only thing you didn't mention was that I live in an RV and we drive around the country and we talked about that last time and we're yes. still on the road and we're just having a blast. Love it. Yeah, that's so good. I, just before we got on, I was like, Pete, where are you today? Where are you? You know, it's always like, it's like, where's Waldo? Where's Pete? Uh, <laughs> you know, which is, yeah, so good. Well, one of the things I'd love to talk about is, 
you know, you're a communicator. I think you, you, you see yourself. That's a part of what you do. You provide coaching both to church leaders and business leaders around communication. And I know from my seat as someone who's been in that kind of second chair, the executive pastor seat, you know, over the years, I have just consistently seen how great teaching is just such a critical part of what we do in the church. Why do you think that is? Why is teaching? It seems like you can't find a healthy growing church that doesn't at its core have great communication. Why is that? Why, why is that so important to what we do? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, th- I think it's so important because it's this crucial 30 to 35, 40 minute <laughs> moment yes. each, each week um, that we have the whole body or as many as we can gather together where we get to speak into their heart. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you think about that, those 35 minutes, um, we're, we're discipling our people, we're leading our people. Like if there's leadership that needs to happen, that's our opportunity to gather them and lead them. We're vision casting for the future for mm-hmm. them. We're encouraging them in times of incredible discouragement. We're, mm-hmm. we're challenging them or even correcting them if that's necessary. It's, it's the time that the family gathers and God gets to speak to us. But beyond all mm-hmm. that, the reason it's so incredibly crucial is because um, it is one of the ways that God speaks to his people. It's not the only way. God speaks to mm-hmm. his people in a lot of different ways, obviously, but it is such a crucial way. It's a way that Jesus um, exemplified. It's a way that Paul and the apostles uh, communicated God's truth. So it's obviously a crucial tactic or form of communication. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's, in, in my mind, if you're a lead pastor or you're a teaching pastor and you're you know, your responsibility is the pulpit. I think it's the most important thing you do with your week. I think your whole calendar should be scheduled around your sermon prep time. That's, that's the big rock that should go in first. Mm-hmm. And, um, and those 35 minutes are the most important 35 minutes of the week for your body, I believe. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I love that you talked about the, you know, schedule your week around that. I know for years, Tim Lucas, lead pastor I had a uh, privilege of serving under for years at, at Liquid Church, who I, I just think is an incredible communicator, does an amazing job. I remember oftentimes he would ask like, Hey, what can I be doing? What should I be doing? And I would always say, dude, like preach a great message this week. Like if you, you know, spend some extra time working on that. Cause you know, we can, well, I can organize other people to do a bunch of other things, but like none of us are going to actually stand in the pulpit this weekend. You're the only one that's going to mm-hmm. do that. Um, what are we, and I know there's not actually obviously a pulpit, but Stan, you get what I'm saying. Get, you know, get up and be the communicator, man. That's an important thing. When you talk with communicators, preachers, teachers, whatever we, whatever you want to call them in a church, when they think about their kind of time, they're committing to that, what does that look like? Like how, you know, it seems to vary widely, but are there some patterns there when you think about how much time people should be spending on the kind of prep and practice piece of the, uh, you know, of sermon prep? (coughs) Excuse me. Um, yeah, it, it, it does vary. It's, um, I, I, I think, I think it really depends on how you, how good you want your message to be, you know, it's, um, <laughs> yes. I, it, it's, so I, I, I think the difference between a, a good sermon and a really great sermon is usually about six to eight hours of extra preparation. It really, okay. it really comes, it really comes down to how much time, how much quality time you're able to put into your preparation, because that's where mm-hmm. so much of the fine, fine tuning happens. That's where, you know, you're writing out your illustrations and, and editing them and tightening them up and practicing them. And so that mm-hmm. they flow. And I mean, that, that all just takes time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think 
you know, I, I encourage preachers to be investing at least 14 to 18 hours a week in their sermon mm-hmm. prep. Um, most of the people that I coach are in that range. Um, mm-hmm. pe- you know, these, these folks do a pretty good job of prioritizing that time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can get to 20, sometimes it's 12. I get that it's the real world, but mm-hmm. I, I think you need to, you need to be in that 12 to 20 hours if, if at all possible. Yeah. And is there, and so I love that idea of like, you know, you can do the normal amount of prep, but then it takes six to eight hours to kind of polish it, right. To spend the extra time to push it, you know, from good to great. What, what are some of those things that, that people are doing in that extra time, or maybe the common things that people are doing in that extra time that, you know, could take a, a good message and make it a great message. Are there some common things that people are investing their time in, in that kind of extra six, eight hours? Yeah. So um, what, one of the one of the things that I think is crucial to make a gripping sermon is the idea of creating tension early early on in the message uh, that mm-hmm. is relieved that is released by the biblical text or the mm-hmm. propositional statement or the one thing that you're going to communicate. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the with the folks that I work with, that's that's been the biggest challenge to change in their preaching because mm-hmm. it's. It's just not easy to do creatively, and it's not easy to do without it starting to feel a little formulaic. Mm. And so that that just requires a, a ton of energy and thought process, and sometimes research. It, it requires it requires getting online and reading reading studies and reading articles and actually doing like first person research as opposed to just reading an article and saying someone said this. It it requires mm. that type of work, and so. It's, sometimes it's that kind of work to to figure out how to create tension in a creative way where where the where the people in the congregation are actually uncomfortable and they're like, "Tell me what the Bible says. I got to know the answer to this." You, yes, that, that's yes. hard, and it takes time to do that, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think the other thing too, and uh, for people that have been preaching for quite a while, it's kind of hard to go back to this, but. Um, a lot of us, when we start preaching, we'll you know we'll get to the church early Sunday morning and we'll go into our bathroom or into the bathroom of the church and stand in front of the mirror and and we'll practice our sermon out loud and mm-hmm. it feels awkward and it feels weird and uh, but then in doing that um, we'll realize wow that didn't work or wow that really mm-hmm. flowed well or mm-hmm. oh, that transition mm-hmm. is really clunky I need to fix that um, and and as we get more used to preaching we tend to not do that and that's why mm-hmm. first hour a lot of times is clunky and mm-hmm. second hour is better because yes, it's yes. the first hour has kind of become our practice hour which is not not what we not want to good. do so yeah. that another thing that really good preachers are still doing is they're actually practicing their sermons out loud on mm-hmm. Sunday morning before they do it and people that have been preaching for 20 25 30 years do this Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it, it's really imperative to do that if at all possible. But that's extra time, right? Those, those are yeah. some of the places. Yeah, I love that. You know, actually, I was uh, Mark Clark. Who, I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Clark. He's a, a great communicator from the West Coast in Canada. Actually, moved to California. Mm-hmm. And he, I was in a thing recently where he was talking about mm-hmm. uh, teaching. And people were asking him, what's his kind of like one go-to um, tip that he gives to young new communicators? And he said exactly that. He was like, um, you've got to practice it. And he said, you know, at the beginning, he says to people, you've got to do it, you know, three, four times, mm-hmm. um, in front of yourself by yourself before you get on stage before you get on, you know, and, and I'm like, that's so true. There, there's something weird that happens in our brains, right? When we might write it out, even if we're right, you know, writing a full manuscript yep. and it makes sense when we write it and then we stand up and say it. 
And it's like our brain, I don't know, at least that <laughs> happens to me. It's like my brain does something where I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like this doesn't, this doesn't hold, hold together. Isn't that a weird phenomenon? I don't, why yeah. is that? Why, why is it that when we speak, it seems like we, we hear it in a different voice than when we're creating it. Uh, oh, so there's so much dynamic, there's so much dynamic that happens when you, you stand up in front of people. Uh, another example would be, let's say you're telling a story about, you know, your daughter's recital or something, right? And you've yep. told the story six, 60 times at small groups and at dinners. And, I mean, it's just a mm. great story. And you just keep telling it and it just flows. And mm. so you think, I'll just tell that story. And you get up and it, you start to trip over your words and you start to yes. repeat and circle around and it. It doesn't flow at all. It's like, boy, last night around the campfire, it flowed beautifully. But, um, and it's because the energy around standing in front of people and having them staring at you and listening is different than sitting around a campfire. It's right. just different. And so that's why practicing it uh, before you go up with the idea of being in that room with those people is, is so imperative. It, it just changes. It's a different world up there. Love it. One, I, I recently, I was... Um, I got an opportunity to see some of your coaching and, uh, and I'd emailed you about this, this idea of breaking the spell. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I said to you, I was like, gosh, you've put a you've put a brain worm in my head now, because now every time I go to speak, which is not a lot, but I, you know, it's obviously communication is a part of leadership. And this idea of breaking the spell has, has, it's a simple idea, but has impacted me. And as I listen to other people, when you talk about this mistake that sometimes church leaders make, that we communicate, we break the spell. What do you mean by that? What I want to get that brain worm in the people's heads who are listening in today. Uh, talk to us about what that what that means. Yeah, so um, so I, I'll start with a story. A number of mm -hmm. years ago, I went to a conference, and you know how you sign up for breakout sessions, and mm -hmm. and one of the breakout session sessions was Dr. Haddon Robinson, who's one of my preaching heroes. And he was, he was doing something on preaching um, the story of the prodigal son. And so I thought, I'm going to go to that one. It's probably in the big room, right? But I thought, no, it's in A426 or whatever. So I, I, walked, down to, <laughs> I walked down to this little room and there's like six people in the room and, and had Robinson. I'm like, are you kidding? Wow, this is like, yes. it's like Christmas, you know? <laughs> and so I sit down there and he starts talking and Rich within... 20 words he had me absolutely spellbound like he had mm -hmm. me in the palm of his hand i was mm -hmm. i was enraptured um he went on talking about that passage of scripture for probably an hour and 15 minutes an hour and 20 minutes mm -hmm. and i never i never moved a muscle i was completely spellbound so when i talk about mm -hmm. casting the spell what i'm talking about is is getting people to a place where they are so focused on what you're saying that they forget that everything else is going on in the world. Um, mm -hmm. They just want to sit and listen. You could talk for an hour and, the, and they'd be disappointed that you finished that because mm -hmm. you've, you've basically got them spellbound. The, mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is we need to cast the spell. And that's mm -hmm. one of the things that we have to learn how to do in our introduction. Um, that, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that people are spellbound. You have to work at that. Mm -hmm. But then after we've done that, a lot of times we break the spell and the fundamental way that we break the spell is that we remind people that they're listening to a sermon. So, <laughs> so what, we, what we want them to do is we want them to forget that they're listening yes. to a sermon. We want them just yes. to be sitting there thinking about this metaphor that the Apostle Paul is using in Romans to, and, and just finding themselves soaking in it and getting it and being excited about it and their heart pounding because of it. And, and then all of a sudden we say something like, 
so when I was uh, researching for my sermon this week and all of a sudden, boom, they're just, they're yes. not there anymore and they're not spelled by them. And they're like, oh yeah, Pete's preaching a sermon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've focused the attention on me. I've focused my attention on my study habits. Um, mm-hmm. Or if we, even if we say something like, wow, you know, I just didn't have enough time to research this this week. Well, what, why do you say that? You just broke right. the spell. Why are you so, telling me this? Yes. Why are you telling me this? Right. So the whole idea is to quote unquote, cast the spell to get them spellbound. But mm-hmm. then after that, to um, make sure that you don't break the spell. It, it, every single client that I've talked to about this does this. I've yet to mm-hmm. find a preacher that does not break the spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some do it a lot less than others, obviously. Some do it all the time. And once you, it, like you said, you've got this worm in your brain. Now, once you think about it, you'll catch yourself doing it all the time. And that's the first step to fixing that problem. Yeah. So I, I love this. And this, it, you, you put words to something that uh, in my seat in that kind of secondary seat um, that I've, I've really pushed back on the lead pastors who uh, I've led with around them doing announcements in their messages. Like, I'm like, this is a terrible idea, right? Like they, and, and they, it comes from a good place. I'm always like, Hey, it, it comes from a good place. Like you want to lend your weight to this thing, but I'm like that it sullies it. It dirties up what you're trying to do. Um, and I never could really get mm-hmm. to like, why is that? And this, and this, I think is that, that problem is it's like, oftentimes you'll see a communicator get up and they're like, today we're going to, and they, and like you say, they set the spell, they get us, they draw us in. And then they say, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about what's going on in, you know, the seniors group next week. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, yep. what, what are happening here? Like that, you know, do not do that. Um, let us take mm. care of those things. Let us, what would be some of those other ways? So it's, it's being either talking about, it's kind of like the running commentary. It's like back when we had DVDs, it's like the running commentary is about the preparation of the message. It's yep. pulling, it's pulling off to talk about other things. Are there other ways that we, we pull people out of the, the, the text? Uh, oh yeah. We're so creative. We, we have, we have thousands of ways that we do it. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking about what you're just talking about with uh, kind of shoehorning the illustration into the sermon. And, yes. um, and I, I get the pressure. Like I, I remember, you know, it was fairly consistent that, one of the members of my team would say, you know, we've got this big deal coming up. Can you, can you make the announcement? And I, I tried not to make announcements as much as I could. And then, and then invariably it was like, well, can you just make it into an illustration in your sermon? And, you know, <laughs> the answer just always needs to be no, because exactly. it, you don't shoehorn anything. In. And, but the problem is we do shoehorn other things in there, right? We shoehorn illustrations. So this will break the spell actually. Where, um, you know, something, uh, you know, our, our kid or a dog or a spouse does something, you know, either cute, amazing or romantic. And, and while it's happening, we're thinking, man, that would make a great illustration. And then we, <laughs> you know, it doesn't fit our sermon at all, but we shoehorn it into the sermon. That breaks the spell. We, mm. we can do something physically breaking the spell. The clothes that we wear can break the spell. It can be mm. if, um, if, our, if our shirt is untucked and we don't know it. Then people mm-hmm. are focused on the fact that, you know, man, his shirt is untucked. It breaks the spell. If, mm-hmm. if we're wearing clothes that would have fit in, in the church in the 70s and it's not the 70s, that probably is breaking the spell. That, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, you have to look like a fashion model up there at all. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, have your, shirt, have your shirt tucked in unless it's designed to be untucked. And, um, mm-hmm. Because that, that type of thing can distract people from the point that you're trying to make. We, we shoehorn our mission statement into our sermons all the time because we think it's really important. 
keep the church mission statement in front of people. We do that a lot. We, we have a sermon series. I, this is one of the ways that I see people break the spell all the time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're casting the spell up front. People are starting to get spellbound and then they'll say, so we're in a book, you know, we're in a sermon series on the book of Leviticus and be coming up with a oh, so sticky true. title. Like, you know, the blood's on you is the, is the series title. And, <laughs> yes. um, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, we're just in a series. And now you, and, and, and here's the problem. Once you break the spell, you've got to cast the spell all over again, but it's right. so much easier to cast the spell at the beginning of the message than it is when you're in the middle of it. And so, right. um, you, you know what, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but <laughs> it's fine. You I won't. You'll some, be good. <laughs> okay. I think sometimes we break the spell with the gospel in our souls. Mm. And, um, and yeah, now you're thinking, Oh, maybe you will get in trouble. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's petebriscoe.org. <laughs> Send your emails <laughs> there. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. Yes. And you, you've experienced this in a sermon. Someone, someone's preaching from, you know, someone's preaching from the book of Esther or something and, mm. and they're going on and they're, and they're being faithful to the text and they're, you know, they're exegeting appropriately. They're expositing it beautifully. And then all of a sudden they say, so if you haven't put your trust in Jesus Christ yet, here's what I want. And, and they just mm. come at you with the gospel. And the text actually isn't necessarily a gospel text. I know every text is a gospel text. I know that, but this one is specifically talking about something else. And so right. we shoehorn the gospel in there and, and, be, and we do that because we have a policy that we share the gospel from the pulpit every week. I'm not telling mm-hmm. people to change that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, if you do it like that, you will inoculate people to the good news. It'll be right. like, oh, here, here comes the formulate gospel again. And we've mm-hmm. got to be much more creative with the gospel than that. So, yeah, so I, I think there's, there's literally hundreds of ways that we break the spell and we shoehorn things in. And those, those, are, those are things that we've got to avoid. Yeah, and I could see that particularly. One of the things I've said in other contexts is is, and I'm not I'm not a brain scientist. I just play, play one on the internet. But the one of the things I know about the brain is the brain is a pattern recognition machine. And when mm-hmm. um, literally when you just repeat the same pattern time and again, the brain shuts down, like at a at a chemistry yep. level, because it's trying to save calories. It's like, okay, I know where this person's going. I'm not going to think about this at this point. And so we've uh, got to find mm-hmm. a way to, to stay creative with people that it's funny you say that I, I, one of my running jokes with communicators over the years has been evangelists, people who like, they, like, they would say that, like, that's their kind of thing. They are, you mm-hmm. know, like Billy Graham and Billy Graham was a good example of this. I often t- find that those communicators, and it's, it's a, um, it's like a spiritual gift that they're, you know, they're doing what they're doing, but oftentimes I feel like they talk for 35 minutes and then there's like a, an immediate left-hand turn to like, mm-hmm. all right. And then they like close the deal. And it, it's like, and it's like, <laughs> yep. that seems to work. Like God uses that, but it, it is, a, it's, it's a unique style of communication. It's like, I'm going to tell you a bunch of different things. And then mm-hmm. we're going to present the gospel and call people forward. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, that's no, that's again, now I'm getting in trouble because it sounds like I'm criticizing Billy Graham. Uh, but you know, that, that's none of us are Billy Graham. We're not, we don't have that same kind of gifting that he has. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Give me some coaching on the other end. So we're talking about casting the spell on the front end. Mm-hmm. What about on the, on the back end, as people are leaving kind of, as you're closing down the message, one of my kind of running bugaboos about, particularly I think evangelical teaching in our kind of our, whatever that is, the kind of middle of the bell curve evangelical thinking a lot of times it lands with, there's some interesting thoughts, have a great week. 
Like it, yeah. it lands on like, that's some interesting things to think about, which, which always to me feels like, oh, we're missing an opportunity to move people to action, to actually apply these things. What are some best practices when we think about actually moving people to apply text that, that, that might have a similar kind of um, framework as, you know, breaking the spell? All right. So um, <clears throat> I completely agree with the, the thing that you struggle with there. It, it is endemic. It's fairly normal for preachers to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. But what I've, what I've experienced, and I experienced this personally, but I've also experienced it with my friends that I work with, um, is that when, when we're in the text, when we're preaching, you know, expositing a text, most, if not all of us, are very comfortable in that part of the sermon. That, yes. That's, that, it's where we it's what we were trained to do in seminary you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's what we practiced it's it's why we got into it in the first place because mm-hmm. we want to mm-hmm. teach the bible to people so that part that part kind of flows the the stuff before it and the stuff after it is is a little bit more difficult and the stuff after it especially the application piece is becoming more and more of a challenge i think people are mm. i think people are cautious appropriately so they're cautious because they don't want to be talking about the the beautiful grace and the the beauty of god's love and how he transforms us by his spirit and how he lives his life through us they don't want to be talking about all that and then say now do these three things because it it feels legalistic Uh, it feels Mm -hmm. like we're kind of turning turning towards a kind of a legalistic thing oh he's Mm -hmm. just trying to get me to do these three things right Mm-hmm. And and because we lack creativity, a lot of times the, the three things are always the same: pray more, go to church more, read your Bible mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, that feels formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when when working with folks on the application piece, one one of the things that I encourage them to do is I encourage them to look into the text, mm-hmm. because um, a good percentage of the time there is a very specific application in the text mm-hmm. that people that people can find. And, and then you, you don't need to create a new one. You can say, look, look what Peter says here at the end of the passage. He says, so, mm-hmm. and then he tells us what we're supposed to do with this. Mm-hmm. And then to, um, instead of giving a list of three or four things that people should do, just to really focus on one thing that they might mm-hmm. do um, mm-hmm. this week. Now, now here's, here's, here's what I, um, here's what I'm absolutely convinced. I'm absolutely convinced that a lot of times we think, you know, people are going to listen to our application and they're going to, they're going to write them down. And then after this sermon, they're going to keep doing this application for the rest of their life, right? From this day forward, (laughs) check that box and they will do it for the rest of their life. And the fact of the matter is they're just not going to, there's just no way. The Bible would be one page if that was true. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That's not, that's not the goal of application. Maybe this will help. The goal of application is to drive home the point of your sermon for the next week. Mm, that's good. Okay, so if I can if I can engage them in something that they're doing uh, each day this next week with the express purpose of driving home the point of my message so that it sticks to their bones, then that application has been successful. And I think if we can shift our focus that way, uh, application becomes less less problematic for us and um, a little bit easier to put together. Yeah, I love that. I, I it's uh, so good. That's that's great coaching. I know for me, again, the times I teach that I do feel that resistance around. Uh, listen, I I don't. I'm not just in this for like behavior modification, right? It's not just like. Mm-hmm. 
because so many times it's like, man, we're, we, they see massive ideas. These are like huge ideas. And then it comes down, yeah. we get super reductionist down to join a team, get in a group, give more money or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. is that really what we're talking about here? Like we're talking about, you know, a universal mm-hmm. massive idea. Um, and man, I, I want to resist the temptation of saying, if you could help in the kindergarten classroom next week, that would be great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. it seems like so much of it lands there. Well, you've got a, uh, an online course that we want to talk about. I want to make sure people get a chance to, uh, to learn more about this. Tell us about mm-hmm. this. This is, it's, it's nine common mis- preaching mistakes and how to fix them. Um, mm-hmm. friends, I, I had a chance to take some of this and, and this is, um, this is very well done. And I, I don't use those. I'm not throwing that word around just because Pete's here. This is a, a really, really super practical and well-crafted experience uh, for folks. But tell me why you've pulled this together. What, what kind of drove you to say, hey, now's the time for me to put together this resource for leaders? Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for those kind words, Rich. I'm, I'm glad you experienced it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. My, my experience has been that uh, these, these mistakes are mistakes that every single one of them are mistakes that I made when I was learning how to preach. And, and every single one of them are, are mistakes that I'm seeing in, in the folks that I'm coaching. And so I, mm-hmm. they, I just started seeing them over and over again. And, and most of them are, are relatively easy to fix. Mm-hmm. A, couple of them, a couple of them are a little bit more challenging to fix, but most of them are. So you know, one, one example is breaking the spell that we just talked about. Um, <clears throat> there, there's very simple, simple ways to fix breaking the spell. Um, mm-hmm. well, one, one, one of them that I mentioned in the course um, is to watch yourself uh, on video <laughs> and every time you break the spell to ring a little bell or to mm-hmm. honk a horn or to do something <laughs> that annoys you. And as, as you do that, uh, it'll drive you crazy. If you do it enough, you'll stop doing it. A right. seminary professor of mine had me do this when I was doing something that was breaking the spell and I did it once through the whole sermon, I rang the bell dozens of times and I never did that thing again. So right. there's, there's simple, simple ways to, to fix these, these mistakes that we make. Some of them are more complicated. So one of my lessons is on uh, notes and the, the correct and effective use of notes in the, in the pulpit. And, mm-hmm. and that, that one's really quite long and detailed, but also I, I think it's, it's worth you know, just that one lesson is worth taking the course for because it's really helpful stuff that I've learned over the years and very mm-hmm. practical and pragmatic. And so the, the reason I put it together is because I, I just, um, I was a little overwhelmed with the number of people that wanted me to help coach them. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get to everyone and not mm-hmm. everyone can afford one-on-one coaching. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily inexpensive. So I wanted to make it accessible to people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I, I like the word you used to describe it. You, you called it an experience. And I hope mm-hmm. it's that it's, it's video driven, short videos that teach, but then there's interactive stuff in between that you can, you can enjoy. And so um, I, I've got a webpage set up specifically for it. It's just my name, peepbriscoe.com. Mm-hmm. And um, there's actually a button there you can push to just get an experience of the, the first part of the first lesson so that you can see what it's like. And um, I would love, I would love for folks who are preaching or teaching in any form, uh, Bible studies, um, youth groups, any, mm-hmm. any kind of teaching, uh, to take advantage of it. Friends. Uh, so again, I, I just think Pete's great. I think this is a great resource. I've launched a couple online courses and I, as a cor- someone who's made online courses, 
Um, to be honest, I I watched this course and I was like a little intimidated. I'm like, oh, Pete is stepping up his game here on how Mm. it's put together, the fit and finish of how it's all fits together. This isn't just like eight videos or nine videos that you could have watched on YouTube. It's well-crafted. It's, it's like I say, it's a great experience. And so take it from someone who's made courses. Uh, this is well worth your time. Uh, you should, you should check it out. So people, if we, if they want to get it, we want to send them over to petebriscoe.com. That would be a great place to kind of pick it up. They can, they can preview it there. Um, what else do we want them to know about the course? Are there any other kind of details we want to, we want to send their way? Yeah. I, um, I, I would love for folks to be able to get this. So let, let, let me make a special offer for your listeners. All right, Rich. So what, oh, what nice. I'd like to do, it, I'd, I'd like to offer $75 off the course uh, to anyone wow. who buys it in the next week. And so mm-hmm. I want to, want to put like a, a little bit of a timeline on that. So mm-hmm. uh, in the show notes, we'll put a code down there that you can, uh, you can just put in on the webpage and that'll take $75 off the price in the next week. And Wow. I'd love for fo- I'd love for folks to jump in. Yeah. Hey friends, Rich here. Just doing a little post podcast edit. Um, this first of all, I really do want you to take advantage of what Pete's talking about here. But you know what? He's not doing a discount code. He's made it even easier. All you have to do is go over to PeteBriscoe.com, and for the entire week from today, September fifteenth, uh, through next week, September twenty second, it's going to be seventy five dollars off for everyone. So. No discount code. That's 370 versus the regular 445. Uh, it's a great deal. I'd love for you to go over and check that out. And actually, September 22nd is my birthday. So it's like a birthday gift. So just go to PeteBrisco.com. So ignore when I talk about codes or we talk about codes here. Uh, just go over to PeteBrisco.com and it'll be uh, that price for the week. Listen, that's huge. Thank you so much. What a gift, friends. Again, that'll that'll be just on the show notes. So either you can scroll down on your phone if you're listening in, you'll see the show notes there. The link will be there plus the uh, the the code, um, or you can just go over to seminary.com, pick that up. But we'll take it down after a week, friends. So if you're listening, you got to listen to the week the podcast come out to get these kind of deals. So that's a great <laughs> thing. And friends, I I was saying to Pete, I was my son is. Um, He's a young student. He's taking Bible theology. He thinks that maybe teaching is in his future, that he might want to do that. And so I was saying to him, hey, let's get you some time this summer to uh, to pick up this course and take it because I really do think it would be helpful. So uh, friends, I would love for you awesome. to pick up this course. I do think it would be uh, super helpful for you. Again, not just for folks who are, that's your primary role. I, it struck me the same way as someone who teaches occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. Ironically, actually, I, I find out like I've got to step my game up even more because I'm not in the pulpit all the time. I'm not in all. The, I've got to like the times yep. I do get a shot at it. I've got to make sure I leverage them well. And so I think particularly I know we've got a lot of executive pastor types who are listening in. This could be a great course for you to take because uh, you're going to get even if you get three times in you know, in the saddle this summer, this year, um, you're going to want to pick that up. Pete, I appreciate the, the, the discount there. Appreciate you being on the show. Um, anything else you want to share just as we wrap up today's episode? I, just as you were saying that, I, w- I was thinking about uh, an executive pastor who reached out to me, and he was wanting to develop his youth youth leaders, youth pastors, and so oh, yeah. um, he, he he got courses for all of them, and then they're they're going through it together in a group. And another another one of my clients actually is um, is buying the course for each of his teachers on his staff, and they're going to be going through it week by week, and um, and so it's actually it's actually the kind of thing that you could do together in a group 
um, mm-hmm. and um, and develop your folks too. So en- enough about that. It's it's been a joy being with you, Rich. Thanks so much. I love talking preaching. So this this was really fun. Good stuff, Pete. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I uh, look forward to having you back on. If we so we want to send people to petebriscoe.com if they're interested in the course, or if you just want to track with with you in general, you could just go to petebriscoe.org. Right, that's the other website. Yep. It's just kind of more about you know other things that you've got going on in your world. Um, appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you, brother. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.